So hey, everyone. This is Mike. Uh, welcome to our channel. I'm here with Spencer Gray out of Spokane, Washington. How are you doing, Spencer? Hey, I'm doing well. Good to see you. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you got going on? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a real estate flipper over here in Spokane um, and the greater area of Spokane as well. I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. Okay. How'd you get started? Um, how I got started, I was living in north of Seattle and I just happened to um, get a phone. I was working in sales before I got into real estate and I just happened to get a call from one of my relatives um, that was helping me find a property because I was interested in getting to flipping and they were able to help me find one. My first deal it was an off-market deal. Um, so I went down to this property down in Centralia and um, was able to pick that up. Okay. So what type of flip is this? So I have a course where I teach uh, veterans how to do like a live-in flip, uh, meaning you can, you can kind of take your time. You're not working with hard money. You're doing a traditional mortgage, 3%, VA loan, maybe 0%. So how was your, uh, how did that flip go? Well, like, was it intentionally a flip when you bought it? It was, it was, yeah. So I actually did not live there. Um, my, so I still lived in uh, Seattle, Linwood, uh, just north of Seattle. And um, I just commuted back and forth to Centralia, back to Linwood. Um, but yeah, so it was originally a flip um, all the way through. It took me some time because that one, I actually um, did most of the work myself. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, so that's, yeah. So that's, how I was able to get started with, and, and I did use hard money in my first deal as well. Um, but I did want to save a lot of money by just doing the work myself. Okay. That so person. you, okay. So you discovered this property off market, you purchased it with hard money, hard and money yep. with, and you did the renovations yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. it was a completely cosmetic flip, um, new flooring. We added a wall, um, painted, um, we changed all the fixtures, changed the doors, painted outside, landscaped, um, new countertops, new cabinets. So it's pretty much all cosmetic work. Do you, uh, did you have everything you needed for the flip? If you don't mind me asking, how much did it cost? And like, did you have all of that up front, or you, you're still working your sales job at the time, I, I'm guessing. And you, obviously you get like, you know, paid over the, over the holding period. You get paid in your W2 job over the holding period of your flip. And so did you have everything up front and then you just kind of put it all down on the house or like, did you pay for it as you went? Yeah. So I, at, at that point I did not. I, um, so I kind of paid for it as I went. Um, and so I kind of did, I broke up my project into three stages. Um, you know, I did my uh, flooring, my wall out of the wall and then painted first. And then I started, and then I, I don't, I don't remember the exact details of, of my phases, but yeah. So I basically planned the, the, I broke it into phases. That one, I bought it for 65,000. Um, I put a, right around $20,000 of work into it. And I sold that for 179. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So yeah, I, I personally never used hard money. Um, just in, in Hawaii, it's kind of a gamble. Um, it's a lot of money up front for, for, uh, for a flip. And I've got, I'm also active duty military. So I, I think that my time is just precious. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, with like a property management business. And yeah, I've just got a lot going on. Not that I can't do it, not an excuse, but it's just not where my focus was. Um, and then bringing, you know, high interest rates 
into it was just kind of like out of my range of comfort. So like, this is your first flip. How did your, how did you convince a hard money lender to, I guess, let you get started on, on his dime? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I, uh, so I, I had the deal in the works. Um, I had, I actually was able to convince the seller at the time, um, to hold the to hold the papers on the on the house and basically do like a home like a homeowner um, kind of owner a, finance yeah owner finance yeah okay. um, so that was the original plan and then um, she's like well um, the previous owner was like the seller just didn't really know if that's quite the route she wanted to go uh, moving forward and so I was able to so I was actually just looking on Google of different ways to finance a, a flip and. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I was able to find this company, and um, and then my realtor um, knew about the company um, and was able to kind of um, explain to me how what, what they like to see, what they look for, and so I basically just showed them the deal, um, and they funded it. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I show the deal, um, I'm going to try to guess, and then you can let me know if I like hit the nail on the head or not. So if I show the deal, I'm assuming that you had a spreadsheet of some sort with your purchase price, your renovation costs, and your ARV. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, basically, they sent me an Excel spreadsheet um, breaking down each and every little remodel and how much it's going to cost. Whoa, so for wait. example, they sent it to you. They sent me uh, an Excel spreadsheet that's like pre-filled, and then I just basically just fill in the numbers. Get out. The hard money lender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. And um, now I do my own Excel spreadsheets on, on budgeting, but um, yeah, that was really nice. So I was able to just pop in all the numbers from what things were going to cost me. And then um, they came down, I showed them the property. Um, I had an inspection done on the property and the inspection went well and they basically liked the deal. And so they're, they just were just game to go ahead and fund it. Wow. That's way easier than I ever expected it to be. I'm super traditional. Yeah. I only do like VA or FHA <laughs> hard money lenders. Yeah. Like just like the term hard money lender. I'm like, oh, like get away from me. I don't want to think about it. So, um, that seems like super, super smooth. Huh? Smooth. Very smooth. Yeah. It's a, um, basically it was, uh, it took them two weeks to close. Um, it is a more expensive style of loan to get. Um, I think my first one was 10% interest, which is crazy, but it's 10% interest on um, uh, basically you have an interest payment that's a, a interest payment, no principal. And so you be, that's basically your holding cost is your interest payment. Um, oh. So it's really, it's really not that expensive to get, get a hard money. It's a little more expensive route, but they also do give the, you the option of giving you money to fund the fix up as well. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, if you find a deal, you can generally find someone letting someone willing to lend you the money on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Finding the money is easy. Yeah. And so you said you bought it for around 60 and you sold it for 175. Yes. Uh, one, so I bought it for 65, uh, 20 into it and then sold it for 179. 179. How much of the, uh, how was your split with the hard money lender? Uh, no split. So my only split would have been their loan fee, which is five, was five thousand dollars, and then my interest payment, which on that property was just right around eight hundred and fifty, I believe. Um, so when I went to sell and I received my seller's proceeds, it wasn't 
there wasn't any split. Okay, so you paid the five grand fee just to like use the lender, and then you paid the monthly interest over the holding period, which is what like four or five, six months. Yeah, it was uh, the first one took me a while. It was seven months. Seven months. Okay, so seven months of interest payments plus a ten percent interest payments plus your five grand, and you get to keep everything from the sale. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should start flipping. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Cool. Yeah, man, it was it was an awesome experience. You know, and a lot of it is I had no idea what I was doing, to be honest, in the remodel. <laughs> and so uh, what I would do is I would just go on YouTube and I was able to figure it all out and it all turned out great. <laughs> this is this is like perfect example of one of my favorite phrases. What a time to be alive. <laughs> like I just a deal fell into my lap. I just went on YouTube and figured it out. <laughs> No kidding, Everything right? worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, uh, that was your first one. Congratulations. I, I'm actually pretty inspired uh, to do something similar. Um, how about you, you? Did you go into a flip right directly after that? Yeah. So um, after that, I was like, holy smokes. You know, why, why, why do I work? Why do I have a job? Why don't I just do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that I, uh, my... I was like, well, I, you know, the market's competitive. So I want to kind of just continue to find off market deals. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was able to get signs and advertise um, basically that I buy homes in any condition. And I just stuck them out and they worked really well. I got plenty of feedback and just somebody was just done with their home. They wanted to move. And that was the second one I was able to grab. Um, and that one, um, and then, and then I, that basically that one I didn't renovate. I just bought that, um, cleaned it up a little bit, and then resold it. So, and then I just continued to do that. Okay. Yeah. For your sales, do you list them with an agent? Yeah, yeah, okay. and actually, you know, so basically along the I five corridor, so Seattle's expensive, um, and it's getting, and, and the surrounding areas are getting super expensive as well. Well, people keep just moving up, moving down, moving down, moving down the I-5 corridor. Well, um, for example, that first one, uh, that one is right along the I-5 corridor in Centralia. And they were able to, um, that one sold, went pending. And then um, the individuals that, that liked it, they decided that they didn't like, there was railroad tracks nearby. And so they decided, ah, we don't want the railroad tracks. It's going to be noisy. They backed out, I relisted it, and it resold in a day on the market. Um, but every time I've listed something in the last two and a half years, it sold within the first week, went pending in the first week. Does that, as an agent, that bothers me? Um, it, you, know, it, you know, each property is different, but I know that if I get an offer right away um, at asking or above, then maybe I listed it a little too low, personally. Uh, I, I just want to do... Um, this is pretty antithetical to investors, at least on the buy side. I'm trying to get the best price for <laughs> my client, not the most logical price for the buyer, just the best price for my client. <laughs> and yeah. so um, just, that's just something I think about. Like, man, like if it got eaten up right away, um, I, maybe I listed it too low. But there's like a fine line because if it's listed way too high, then no one's going to put it in an offer. And if it's yeah. sitting on the market for too long, people are going to think, oh, well, there must be something wrong with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So nothing wrong with getting a, um, uh, an offer right away. Um, you usually get full price. 
Yeah, actually, so um, I had that listed only at 160 and sold it for 179. Um, so 20, just uh, 19,000 over. Um, okay. Everything that I've sold has went over asking. And that, that that's right. That's kind of a, it's tough because you want it to sell. You don't want to, you don't want to eat it. You don't want a holding cost to eat up your profit. But at the same time, you want to kind of maximize how much money you're going to get from the sale. But it's exactly. kind of tough. Yeah. Because I mean, like another five grand after fees really just, you know, it's, it's not that much extra um in your pocket another 15 grand maybe um yeah i've got a condo in honolulu that i i feel like I, well at the time this is like last week i was like man i can't get rid of this thing because the fees especially after refinance the fees incurred selling it even though i'm an agent um i'm probably not going to do it myself i'm just gonna <laughs> i'll hire someone else to do it. have another agent do it have my broker do it or something um but I like might break even if I unload it after the fees. And I'm like, no way. I've had this thing oh. since 2017. Like, what's going on? Um, I made like a quick Instagram thing, but there's four main factors as to why the Honolulu condo market um, has been destroyed since 2017. I bought like right at the top. Uh, big four things are um, Chinese citizens are no longer allowed to bring more than 50 grand out of the country per year. Um, so we really? lost a lot of Chinese buyers. Yeah, that was in, I think, 18. So we lost a lot of Chinese buyers. There's like ways around it if you're savvy and, and sketchy. Um, there's a package you can buy in Macau, um, basically like the Las Vegas over there. You buy this package, it's a million bucks. They take out like 50 grand in fees or something. Um, you pay in uh, whatever the Chinese currency is, uh, yuan, Chinese yuan, I think. Um, and you can cash out in any currency you want. And so like, that's, you know, textbook money laundering, right? <laughs> so like, you buy this million dollar package in one and then you cash out in dollars and then you can put the dollars wherever you want. Um, so that's a way to get out of it. Lots of Chinese citizens, I think, have dual citizenship in other countries, either the US or Canada. And so the Chinese buyers still exist, but we lost a lot of Chinese buyers. Um, coronavirus, obviously. Why would you pay a maintenance fee, three, four, sometimes a thousand bucks a month? 4,000 bucks a month for some of the electric condos, just a maintenance fee, you buy this place straight up cash and you're paying four grand a month just to hold on to it. And you can argue those are okay or, or worth paying because you're paying for the elevator. Uh, you might be paying for like the pool um, for some of the more expensive places you might be paying for a doorman. Um, but if you're purchasing a home, you're not an investor, you just want a place to live in every like 425, 450 bucks, in expenses, either just on your personal balance sheet or you know, in maintenance fees, every 425 bucks equates to $100,000 of purchasing power. So you can buy a half a million dollar condo with a $800 maintenance fee, or you could buy a $700,000 single family home that has a lower maintenance fee. Yeah, you, you understand, right? The numbers aren't exactly, you're never gonna find a place in Hawaii with a zero dollar maintenance fee. There's always something, but. <laughs> Um, it's like, man, like if I'm going to be cooped up during a pandemic, you know, these things tend to happen. Maybe I should get a front yard <laughs> or a backyard or something instead of being stuck in this condo with all these amenities that I can't use because they're closed because of COVID. Um, they used to, so that's the second thing, coronavirus. The third thing, sorry if I'm like rambling, just like really passionate, oh, no, no. About, really passionate about my condo valuation in Honolulu. And this is why I started looking into other, that's why we're syndicating a power building because like condo market in Hawaii is not cutting. <laughs> but, <Sure. laughs> the third reason is um, used to be able to Airbnb 
whatever you wanted. Um, that stopped, uh, I want to say, early last year, early 2019, I, I believe. Um, and for good reason. As a homeowner, it's like kind of annoying. But um, for renters, well, let's go back to homeowners. So you've got a place and you can rent it out. Market rent is 1400 bucks a month, maybe 15 um, A similar place would rent out an Airbnb. If you had it rented like 75% of the month, would rent out for... 23 25 uh 100 bucks a month and so it's like duh like i'm just going to airbnb it even after the maintenance or even after the property management fee it still makes more sense to do, you know put it on airbnb um well that gets rid of it kind of prices out the other renters people who just like need a place to live like to go to work right and so there's still going to be people who are using your property and so what ended up happening is people were pricing out their condos like they're studio condos like like many apartments like i don't want to see a cap rate on a 400 square foot studio but like that's exactly what was happening and the you know, people were buying and people were paying like over asking for these things and so a law came out saying like you cannot airbnb your airbnb your property unless it's like there's this one district of waikiki not even all of waikiki like this one district of waikiki this one district on like the northern part of the island where honolulu is and if you were already had a legit license, like a, a, what do you call it? A bed and breakfast license, short-term rental license, something like that. If you already had a real one, then you're grandfathered in. Um, but that also stopped, I guess, like wildly irresponsibly appreciating home prices in, in Honolulu. Um, and then the fourth thing is that there's this wild law. I have to look more into it, but there's this wild tax loophole in Japan that let you depreciate real estate overseas. And so we just really? had like, yeah, we had like, I'd say, um, I, I don't really have a number for this. Uh, a lot of, if, if you're in Hawaii for like more than a couple of days, you'll understand that there are a lot of Japanese investors in Hawaii, <laughs> um, especially in the 80s uh, and the 90s. Um, but that loophole closed last year. Um, so it's been a couple of months now We're waiting to see what happens with the market when we uh, lost a lot of Japanese investors. So yeah, things are changing uh, faster than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it but sounds at like time, it. It, it. At the same time, at the same time, um, home prices, single family home prices are getting like out of control. The average home price for a three bedroom house is like 800K. It just went up again. Um, and so obviously people are getting priced out of uh, single family homes. They have no choice but to go to a condo. So uh, I caught my place out yesterday, and it's in a weird area. It's a, it's a nice high-rise, but the cops around it are like walk-ups. And so when I actually comped it out, I'm like, oh, maybe I did do okay. <laughs> like I was using like an automated uh, evaluation system called RPR. Okay. Um, if you have any realtor friends or you have, do you have a license? I don't have a license myself, no. Okay, you don't, you don't need one. Um, but if you have any realtor friends, ask them if they have access to RPR. It's called Realtors Property Resource. And it's just a really cool way to uh, bring up a little valuation sheet um, and automatically comp the properties. But from experience, it's not perfect. So you, they have to go in like manually edit it. But, that's um, neat, though. That's really cool. That's a super cool tool. Um, what are you working on now? Uh, so I've got a property um, actually just down the road. Um, and it's uh, four bed, two bath, uh, 1,900 square feet to a detached two-car garage uh, flip property. I got it from 
uh, previous landlord um, back when back in March, um, and I think this was everywhere, but they did a eviction moratorium. Um, well, what happened was a lot of tenants kind of took advantage of that and stopped paying. Oh yeah. So Washington State, uh, um, if as long as um, as long as you're going to sell a property, um, then you can't ask the tenants to move. And so the landlord was kind of done. These tenants weren't paying for several months and he wanted to sell the property. And so I was able to find it right on the market. Um, luckily I was able to pick that property up at a fairly decent price. Um, and I'm adding, um, so the basement was already partially finished. I'm, I finished the whole thing. Um, and there was a spare room to add an extra bathroom to add some value. So I was able to fit an extra bathroom downstairs as well. So this property was on market because the owner was tired of it because the moratorium renters are paying, but the moratorium allows you to evict upon sale or upon purchase. Yeah. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a really sneaky, unethical way around it or like you sell it to your LLC or something. <laughs> like if, <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to hold right? on to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't that an odd? So but yeah. So oh, go ahead. Oh, um, but yeah, so it's kind of a, it's kind of an odd little, little loophole with the eviction more time. I don't know if it's still going on right now or not, um, but it was, I know it was for a while. And so you've seen a lot of landlords kind of just done with their properties and we're like, well, we're just going to sell this thing, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, that's super interesting because we had, um, I just interviewed a guy. It's, it's actually the video right before this one on my channel. I'll send it to you. Um, but he's, uh, super against how the government is handling the moratoriums. Um, interesting guy, cool guy, Robert Slattery. Um, and he's big on duplexes and, and you know, two, three, fourplexes. Um, just easy residential mortgages um, that have a lot of the benefits of multifamily. And that, that's kind of my focus right now is multifamily. Um, do you have um, any duplexes or three or fourplexes pop up on your radar in your, in your flipping journey? Have. Yeah, actually I have. So I went and uh, looked, I actually had a fiveplex under contract and I was just going to flip that property as well. Um, okay. But um, I just couldn't, um, I had it, had it right around, I think we, I had it tied up for 300,000. Um, but this specific property, after the inspection, I found too many issues, um, especially with the foundation to where it just didn't make sense at all. Um, mm -hmm. And so I countered um, and I wasn't able to get the seller to agree to a price that would make sense for myself. Um, okay. But that's probably the biggest um, property that I've, I've kind of had my hands on mm -hmm. uh, because typically I do single family homes, re just typically residential homes. Okay. Do you have any, um, so what he is promoting and I, I promote too, um, maybe not in Hawaii. I've never seen a duplex for less than 800 K in Hawaii and it was not a nice duplex. It was like BFE and it was basically a trailer. And it was it was literally two trailers on a piece of land. And it, I think it, it was listed at eight and it sold for like 790. This is oh like a couple months ago. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, <laughs> but it is tropical island paradise. <laughs> and so um, luckily I'm getting sent to Connecticut for a while and I think I can get a duplex because I'm still looking for a way to do it with like an FHA loan. Um, because I want I don't want all of my money tied up in um something residential 
when I'm trying to do commercial. Um, would you consider flipping a uh, like a larger property, like a 20 or a 30 unit? And maybe not a flip, a holding period like three, five years. Um, oh, absolutely. Is that something you consider? Okay. Um, yeah, no, we, we got to keep in contact because that's what the focus of like this whole uh, channel is, is getting a, we're looking at anywhere from five, five is probably kind of small, but anywhere from like 10 to 50 units. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we're syndicating the money for that. And then we are going to, we're looking for a value add play, um, similar to what you're doing, but just um, the metrics are really interesting. So if you have, um, let's say you have 10 units, the price of a commercial property is generally based off of uh, the numbers versus, I guess, the surrounding comps. Yes, we still use comps, but you can increase the value um, by 10 grand or 12 grand. If you change the rent of each property by 100, just raise it 100 bucks, and you've got 100 bucks on those 10 properties times 12. And because the cap rate is, is figured out by using the annual income of the property, you've just increased the income by raising the rents just 100 bucks on each unit. And so if you can raise the rent 100 bucks on each unit and you can like lower the expenses of running the property down by a little bit, it's really easy. Easy is subjective, but it's um, theoretically very easy to um, change the value of the property and thus return increase the return for the investors. So we're super excited about this. Um, oh, cool. It's just a lot of paperwork. It's it's totally legit. I mean, it's it's the syndication is really a securities offering, and that's really you know no one's business. No one really cares uh, that you're offering securities uh, unless something goes wrong. And so, <laughs> I've I've heard of people doing like a syndication, and it was literally like a piece of paper they found at like Staples, like an agreement. Um, but yeah, when you're doing this type of offering. It's literally like if, if something goes wrong, like the SEC like comes and talks to you. So um, <laughs> yeah. we're um, actually, I think it's coming up uh, next week. Got another appointment with our attorney and um, yeah, we're just getting everything set up. And then, um, yeah, no, we'll let you know um, when we start offering. And uh, if you've got any properties, definitely let us know. <laughs> if, if something sure. pops up, you're just like, man, like I'm really not in the mood for a 20 unit. Um, I'm in the, I'm in the mood for a 20 unit <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'll send them your way. Awesome. Thank you. I'll definitely send them your way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think your superpower is? My superpower, um, I think is staying positive, to be honest. Um, okay. and I relate to that in terms of, uh, business, you know, when, when you're flipping a property, not everything's going to go right. Um, you're going to have issues and um, most of the time, not all the time, but you're, you're going to run into issues that, that are unforeseen, um, but just staying positive. And then also um, because I feel like if you're negative, I feel like if you're um, stressed, I feel like it's hard to be creative um, and find solutions. So for example, my last property or my current property I'm working on now, um, we got all the drywall up, we textured, we painted, and then um, we were installing sinks upstairs in the bathroom and one of the sinks fittings was um i don't know i don't know what happened with the contractor doing it but um anyways it leaked through the downstairs and then ruined a bunch of drywall and walls and everything um but if i was like negative like oh man i feel like it would have been a lot harder situation to handle 
versus just throw up some dry, dry it out, throw up some drywall, you know, fix that fitting and we'll call it good. So I just feel like that's probably my superpower that does benefit me in a lot of ways in flipping houses. Oh, okay. I, uh, I think I can resonate with that. Like I, I'm generally pretty positive about uh, everything. I'm also like realistic. So just like, hey, like what's wrong? Like that's not like a really positive way of looking at, for example, like an investment. Just like, well, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but like I, I don't see like how, how this could work out. Like if you can show me like the numbers, then, you know, let me know. But um, I, I think also just being in a situation where I guess things are said in one way, like in, in Honolulu, like uh, duplexes. And I, well, I think because things are extremely expensive in Honolulu that yes, I'm optimistic, but I just never thought of hard money lenders as like a good idea. Sure. But um, yeah, now that I know that, because I'm a property manager, we do renovations all the time. Um, and just to know that the hard money lender pretty much did all the work for you, all, all the legwork for you, you just kind of, you know, not that you didn't do very much, but I mean, it was relatively simple. Like, oh, maybe I should start looking at that. There's there's hard money lenders in every state. I, I've seen them in Honolulu, but yeah, I'll definitely take another, another look at them. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just kind of, um, they, they are expensive, but if you can find one that's, that doesn't want to split and they just will do like an interest um, sort of payment or something mm -hmm. like that, then you're going to save a lot of money, you know, but they're pretty, they're really easy to deal with. And then once you have a relationship with them, it's pretty much now I just call them and um, I explain the deal and obviously they come out and they do their, their appraisal, but it's really easy to deal with them. It's, I, I love the companies that I work with. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, is there a, is there a way that I or my viewers can provide value to you anywhere I can send them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if anyone knows, um, uh, sees any properties that, um, that they don't just like we were talking about earlier, any single family properties that they want to pass on, um, but they think there's some equity in, send them on over. Um, but um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I think that um, that's probably, yeah, I would say so. Or I mean, even, even some sort of real estate um, knowledge that I don't know yet as well, you know? Okay. What, what type of things are you looking for? Or what type um, of knowledge are you looking for? Um, so for myself, um, I'm really talented at flipping houses, although um, I am going to be moving into the um, rental sector here soon. Um, and that's something that I do need to um, expand my knowledge on. Okay. Yeah. Um, landlord tenant law, landlord tenant code. And I mean, if you want to do hands-on property management, then great. Um, but if not, and then obviously I think the best way to do it is to have a professional with anything is to have a professional starting off. And um, that, that would be my recommendation is to hire a property manager just for the first one or two. And just kind of like, if, if you've got time, like just hang out in their back pocket. Like, hey, like, how do you do this? Like, hey, if I wanted to do this, like, what would I do? And then I don't think that there's a reason to be cagey about things like that. Like if, for example, like if you were my client, uh, if you had a property in Honolulu um, and you wanted to know how I did something, I would just tell you, um, yeah. is it a trade secret? Like, sure. but Maybe you just have to find the right property manager who's more, I guess, long-term focused. 
on you know it just depend on your goals if like their goals are to keep you as a client then for forever then they're probably not going to want to talk to you they're going to worry <laughs> that you're micromanaging um but if you found someone who was just investor focused and you just wanted to share the knowledge because i mean like if you were a client of mine in honolulu maybe you could be a partner one day maybe i could be a partner to you one day um there's no reason to um i guess hide my day-to-day -day process of what i do um personally that's how I feel. So, yeah, I, I would recommend just like going through a few property managers, um, hopefully property managers that are, managers that are also investors, um, and just see like, hey, like, want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just learn the process that way. Or, or shit, man, like buy him a drink. Um, yeah. That, that uh, always works for me. Doesn't have to be booze, but that helps. Um, <laughs> just the coffee is fine. <laughs> um, I, I I always make time for the, I, I try to keep my schedule um, productive enough to where I don't have time to have my brain picked. Um, but if it's a focused conversation, like, hey, like I'm a flipper, I'm I'm the real deal. I've, you know, this is what I've been doing. Uh, I want to learn more about property management. Um, they'll probably get the idea. He or she'll probably understand that. Oh, uh, they probably don't want to be a property manager, but they're going to have properties that need managing. And they're, they'd be more than willing. The smart ones would be more than willing to entertain you because you'll probably become a, a pretty hefty client. Sure. Awesome. awesome. All right, man. Um, I, always, I don't know how to end these.